What's going on, family? This is Pastor Sergio Chavez, and I just want to thank you for tuning into the Hope Center podcast. So we're continuing the series on the battlefield of the mind, and this is one of my favorite things to talk about because the mind is such a tricky thing, right? It's actually the most complicated thing in a human apart from our hearts. And the one thing we're going to talk about today from the battlefield of the mind is a confused mind. Show of hands, who's ever been confused before? Just about anything, what you're going to wear, what you're going to eat, who your barber is. Well, not that. I know who my barber is. But uh, like, you know, where you're going to go, all that, right? You know, I was preparing for this word this last week, this week uh, that just passed, and I was confused about something. I was at Ikea the other day, and she goes, we need candles. Go to Ikea, get some candles. Who likes Ikea? I love Ikea. I love the meatballs. And I go, right, and I'm looking for the candle, and I see these plants, and I'm like, I want to get a plant. So I forget all about the candle, and I'm talking to the lady there, and I say, ma'am, I need a plant that's just like, you know, easy to care for, robust, doesn't need a lot of maintenance, right? So I'm going to bring it home, right? In other words, God, show me the easy path that doesn't need a lot of work. Show me what I can do that's easy, that doesn't take a lot, right? So I'm asking that, and I'm not realizing that now, but I'm asking this lady that, and she goes, yeah, buy this plant. And she goes, if you take care of this plant, it's about this big, guys, this big, little plant. And she goes, if you take care of that plant, in one week, there's going to be a big old flower that's going to come out right at the center of it. And I said, good. I take it home. It's like three bucks. I don't know what it's called. I'm not a plant guy. I've never had a plant before. And uh, I put it on the kitchen counter. I'm watering it. And Angie's like, stop watering that thing. You're going to kill it. But in, see, she didn't know the plan. Now she's going to know the plan because, you know, I'm going to tell you the rest of the story. The flower never grew. Nothing ever happened. It's like month two now. And I'm like, what? I'm going to kill this plant. Like, what's going on? And I'm studying for this word, and I'm like, you know, confusion is not just a deep thing in the heart. It's, it takes place in so many areas of our life. And confusion causes a lack of understanding, right? And I didn't understand about this plant. So I go to check it out, and I don't realize that it's inside of a planter. And then it was inside of the vase. So I wasn't giving that plant room to grow, room to sprout. So when I was watering, the water was going right through and it was just dropping to the bottom and holding. So it was drowning, right? So that plant, I'm killing it because I was confused because I didn't know. I was already making something die, something so simple, right? And I'm just like, before I knew that, I'm like, I got a dud. I bought a dud, $3 for nothing. I'm taking it back. I'm going back to Ikea. I want a refund because we're so quick to give up, right? When we don't understand, right? So... I take it out, I put it in the planter. I don't know if the flower's gonna grow because I wanted the flower to grow. Andrew's gonna come home and I was gonna be like, you see that, babe? I grew that. That's a symbol of our love. And you know, you're gonna cook dinner and later tonight, you know, whatever, it's whatever. You know what I mean? But now the flower's not gonna grow, I don't know. But the point I'm trying to make, guys, is that confusion, there's so many facets, facets of it. And unfortunately, it's the most powerful weapon the devil has against us. So we're gonna dive in, guys. My first reflection, we usually call them points, but I wanna call them reflections because Right after celebrating Easter, I think we need to reflect on what that cross meant, what Jesus did, and what we need to do moving forward with the sacrifice that was paid. And the first reflection, the first slide is confusion prevents connection. I'm going to say that again. Confusion prevents connection. Somebody say connection. And what that means is that, like, I wasn't connected to that plant because I didn't know how I was supposed to help it grow. A lot of the times we're not connected to how we're supposed to get ourselves to grow because we're just so confused. And how do we get confused? Uh, I'll use me as an example. Uh, I was three years old and somehow my mom wrestled me into this little suit and she took me to church and she said, you're going to accept God. I said, cool. 
and I go up on stage, this strange lady says, raise your hands, repeat after me, I take the Lord into my heart and this and that. And I saw that people faint, so she put her hand right here and then I went, boom, I fainted, right? I didn't know what I was doing. And that may have been the most important day of my life because I said those words. I accepted Christ, but I didn't know what they meant. So I was three years old, fast forward, I was 10. I grew up with just a confused, troubled young man. I mean, I was a horrible, horrible person to be around. I couldn't keep friends. I talked back, you know, getting into fights. I got so much scars in my head from getting beat up. Like I was just a confused person. And, and, and a lot of it had to do with because I didn't have anybody to say, hey, it's okay to fail. It's okay to under, not understand. It's okay to try again. It's okay to feel like you, have, you can let up because I grew up in a very strict home. So all I know is discipline. So, you know, putting your elbows on the table, bam. You know, your shoes out of order, bam. You know, I love my mom. I'm thankful for those things. It makes me who I am. But through that confusion of just always feeling like I had to perform, I always had to have a product of what, was, of what I was doing. I couldn't just show up and then not do anything. You know what I mean? I had to learn all of these things because I didn't have anybody to say, here's the way. So fast forward, right? I'm 15, 16 years old, and I'm starting to realize this is like, Man, my mom makes me go to church every single day. I'm in church 10 hours of the day, every hour of the week, right? And I don't get what's going on because they're telling me to love this person but hate that one. They're telling my person to hate me because I wear this. They're telling my brothers to not hang out with me because I'm this kind of person. They push some of my family members out because they weren't holy enough. You know, and you grow up feeling like that and thinking like that and you're like, enough. So I'm 16 years old, guys, confused to the wazoo. I, I mean, I couldn't tell you left from right. I really couldn't. All I knew is that whatever I was doing, I had to be good at, right? Can't fail, right? That's all I know. I'm 16 years old. I thought I was a hombrecito, right? I was a man. I had 400 bucks in my pocket. I had just bought this 1991 Honda CRX. I don't know if you know what that is, a little car. And it burned like two quarts of oil a day. And I come up to my mom, terrified of my mom, right? I'm leaving. What do you mean, I'm leaving? I'm leaving the house. I'm going to go do my own thing. She doesn't know any better, right? She saw it in my eyes. She couldn't stop me. She goes, okay. If you want to leave, you leave. And I go on this trip, right? I grow from Virginia, and I drive straight to Florida. No stopping. I didn't know where I was going. I didn't know what I was doing. I was just so confused that I wanted to run away from all the things that made me confused. Who has that testimony? Come on. You see, because... Every time you don't understand, you just want to quit. I was going to quit on that plant. I was already quitting on my life because I, would, I didn't understand where I was supposed to be. So I'm in this little car and broom, 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 broom. And I'm, and I'm having a moment, man, because it rained the whole way there. And I had no radio in the car. That's how cheap and messed up it was. I had no headphones. And back then I had one of them phones that you couldn't even plug in head, head things in. You know, so... I'm just frustrated in this car, and, and, and because of the confusion, it built pride in me. I said, I'm not turning this car around. Come hell or high water, I'm going. And I kept going, and I kept going, and I kept going, and I didn't stop. And that, usually that, that drive is like 14 hours, right? I made it in 12. And I'm having this moment in this car for 12 hours. I'm having it out with God, and I'm just like, hey, you said you were going to show me the way. Where are you? Here I am running away from home. Here I am you know, going against the wishes of my mom, somebody that I respect and fear for the, all of my life, and like now I'm just like, forget that I'm leaving? Like, where are you, God? 12 hours straight of that. I'm just having a moment, I'm just like, mm. 
you better make something happen here in Florida because I'm not coming back. Right? We're going to put that first scripture up there. And that scripture is in James. And if we read James, read it with me. I'm going to step back. It says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. And, and I want to keep scripture simple today. I don't want to like, you know, dive into all this like theological stuff because I want to just relate to you and you relate to me. Right? And I, I'm 29 now, so I was three when I accepted Christ. So I'm, I'm, I'm a 20-year veteran in Christ. I've been to all the wars. I've been to all the churches. I've prayed, stomped through up, and seen demons. I, I, you can't surprise me in church, right? So I heard all of that word. I knew a lot of the word, but I wasn't doing any of the word. And now that I'm 30 years old, I get to talk to my wife while we're having coffee, and I'm like, you know why I had such a hard time growing up? Because I knew the word, and I didn't do any of it. And it hurt me. It hurt me. I'm almost 30, and it took me this long to reflect and to find out what I did to myself by being that way. And maybe, maybe if I wasn't so confused and I had clarity, right? Because the opposite of confusion is clarity. I would have let people in my life that maybe would have helped me. And maybe now I'm doing it. Yeah, I let this guy in. He's an amazing guy. You don't know how much he's helped me. I let, let a lot of you guys in. Back then, you, two seconds, you would have thrown me to the curb, right? And I didn't do any of this word. I didn't all those years of going to the vigilias and the campañas and the late night services and all the revivals and this and that, I was just there and memorizing stuff but not practicing, right? And then I, was in, I was 16 years old and I get to Florida and I'm sleeping on couches and this and that, trying to make it work. I get a job at an oil changing place and for the next three years, I spend my every day after school in a hole taking oil filters out and burning my hands, making a living, trying to figure it out, right? Figure out what I didn't know, right? And that keeps going. I graduate high school and my brother moves down to Florida. My oldest brother, he's a pastor. And I'm like, what are you doing here? God called me to open a church here. <sighs> you still in that, man? You still a Christian? Listen to what I said to my own brother. After I grew up in church, right? If I know the truth of God, I know that God saved me. I know that God had been so good to me. And I say something like that. He goes, yeah, I'm still a Christian. And he starts this church and then he goes, hey, I need your help. I need to get people to service on Sundays. And he was a cab driver at the time, so I hop in the cab and I pick people up, right? And I'm just taking them to the church and I leave. And one day I stay. And I had already told myself, I'll never come back to this because this hurt me and my family so much. I'm done with it. I'm done. No more. And I'm there and I find myself at this, this prayer gathering and I'm like, I had an epiphany. Say an epiphany. If you can't say epiphany, say I had a Tiffany. So I'm having a Tiffany, right? I really thought that's what it was back in the day. I'm having a Tiffany, right? And I'm like, how am I back here to a place where I said I'd never come back? You see, at the, at the moment, I didn't realize that you can run away from God. All you want, you can try to hide. He will find you. He will find you. He will look for you when he's got a purpose. And I'm at this, I'm at this place, right, trying to hide. I'm like, no one's going to find me here in South Florida, West Palm Beach, 10th and Congress, and this little church that's like the size of a closet. You can't, I'm just here, right? And and there's this prayer gathering. There's like two members in this church, right? That's how big it was at the point. And our audio system was comprised of a jukebox from Costco with the little string and the little microphone. That was our audio system, right? And we're there and, and they start praying. And, you know, I grew up in church, so I have reference. So I'm hitting one of these. Not wanting to be there, but I respect the things of God, right? But I'm here. And this person walks in. And I don't share this often because it's hard. Like, I can't even get through it. Like, I, I water up, right? And, I, and this person walks in. I've been in Florida four years already. 
running around. I grew my hair out. I hit the gym. I thought I was Rico Suave. I was in the beach. Like, like dr living this dream that everywhere I walked through, people stared at me and I'm like, <laughs> you know, because it was the freedom I never knew with the oppression of religion, right? I thought, I thought it was freedom. So back in this room, right, travel with me. I'm in this room and I'm like, this person comes in. Yep. I have a word for you and I'm like, oh, here we go, man. Like, you don't know how many times I've had oil on my head. Like, I've lost so many shirts with the oil and somebody having a word and nothing ever happens. I was sick of it. Because how often do you get tired of Christianity? Don't say nothing. Hmm? But why do we get tired? Because we don't see results, right? Because we don't meet God halfway to see your result. And I would definitely wasn't looking for God. But look at the mercy of God. And this is why I'm telling you this story so you can relate with me. And the example of where confusion will take you is that I was confused for all those years down there. I didn't want to know anything about anybody. And that person taps me on the shoulder and I have a word for you. And I'm like, here we go. But of course, I grew up in church. I know the things of God, right? You have to have respect, right? So you're supposed to hear the good and take out the bad, right? So here I go. I hit the other. And the person, you know what they do? They fall on their knees and they hold me by the waist. Just like that. Just like this. Hold me by the waist. I'm like, oh, boy. They're going to make me want to throw up. I said, I'm not going to throw up. Because, you know, back in the day when you were in bad paths, you had to throw up that demon. If you didn't throw up, you weren't healed. So he's going, that's like, not that kind of moment. And the person goes, you have to go home. I said, what do you mean? You have to go home. You have to go back home. I said, why? What, what are you talking about? You have to go back home because if you don't go back home, somebody you love is going to die. Just like that, man. And I'm just like, at that point, I'm getting mad. I'm like, how dare you say something to me like that? Who are you? And then the person says again, the Lord says. And when he says that, every hair on my body stands up. And I'm just like, okay, this is real. Let me shut up. Let me stop acting like I know. Let me stop reasoning, right? Let me start trying to calculate and like find an excuse for everything and, 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 and an explanation. Because I was good at that. I'm still trying to work that off. If I can be transparent with you, right? And it says, I was like, what do you mean? And it said, yes, if you don't go back home, someone close to you will die. Because that person that's going to die was shown by, to, by God all the people that you're going to serve, all the people that you're going to reach by coming back. <laughs> and he goes, you got to go back. And I'm like, he didn't tell me who. And I'm thinking, who is so special to me that they would offer their life for my calling? And the reasoning person that I was, I said, okay, two plus two, five, 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 the only person, my mother. So I graduated on a Friday. On Saturday, I get that beat up car and I drive straight back. No questions asked. I didn't even say bye to my job. None of the people I knew. I just drove back. I called my brother. I said, I'm coming back. Like, let me borrow a room, something, coming back. I come back. And, and I didn't even call my mom. And I said, hey, I told her what the man said. Is, is this true? That you offered your life for my calling? Why would you do that? How dare you do that? I'm a grown man. I'm supposed to make those decisions. But it's not about the decision. It's not even about you. You see, God showed me all the people that you are supposed to impact what you're serving. So it's not about you. I mean, I'm not going to ask you to clap. If you're not understanding what we're talking about here, you know, you need to reflect. And 
that's like the coldest bucket of water that's ever been thrown on me, guys, if I could be honest with you. And she says, yeah, God showed me all the people that you need to touch by coming back and by serving. And, and for a moment, that made me even more confused. I said, well, well, well where do I start? Um, I ended up in some church and went to another. Uh, I wasn't connecting with people, but all I knew I had to do is that I knew I had to get involved. I had to serve, right? I had to do something. I had to get busy, right? And, and that brings us to our next reflection. If you can bring our next reflection is that you have to replace yourself by serving. You see, a lot of the times our confusion is found because we don't know our purpose. And sometimes we don't know our purpose because we don't have vision. Because with purpose, you have vision. With vision, you have fulfillment. With fulfillment, you have fire. It all, all in order, right? You're not going to get to a place where you need to serve until you have that life-defining moment where you're just like, okay, I'm tired of all of this. I'm tired of being confused, and I'm tired of hurting, and I'm tired of, I'm tired of it all. I just need to move on. I need to find something to do, and there's no better job to have than that of Christ to work for God, guys. I'm telling you right now, take my word for that. And the next, in that reflection, replace yourself by serving. What does that mean? Is that I found the clarity in my life after so many years of living without it when I started serving. He's just saying that because he's the operations guy. He wants people to get connected. No. Let me tell you something. If it's just me, the God's work will get done. Okay, so I'm not saying that for that reason. I'm saying that because clarity is found through serving. If you read this whole entire book, which we find to be self-evident and true, right? We all agree that this is the guide to life and what God left for us to understand and to follow life through, right? Every person, Moses, Isaac, Joseph, David, everybody went through their situation, like my little situation, and got out of their situation when they followed God's path when they started serving in whatever capacity. And let me tell you something about serving. Because when you're confused, a lot of times we have ministry envy. You ever heard of that term? Where you want to be somebody that someone else is? Or you want to have a position that someone else has? Listen, there may be a captain up here steering this ship, but it's the engines in the back that push the whole ship forward. I'm going to tell you that right now. And being behind the scenes doesn't mean you're out of the scene, okay? So listen. It's the small things. I've been putting this table up for Pastor Sergio for almost two years. You know how much of an honor I feel right now that he brought it up for me. See, God will do that. God will do that when you serve. He's going to honor you. He's going to take you to the places that you were promised to take, right? And when you move away from the confusion into the clarity, you stop living that life based on what is said of you, and you start living that life based on what was destined for you, Right? So I moved into my serving, whatever that was. I served in kids. I served in youth. I served, I, I, I held the door. Uh, I passed the vacuum, cameras, whatever. I served. And I still didn't know what I was supposed to be serving in. And that's not important, friend. It's not important. The point is to stay busy in God. Because in due time and with commitment, with, with faith, and with showing your heart of serving, he's going to put you where you need to be. He's going to put you where you need to be. I promise you that. I promise you that. We have another verse that I want to throw up here real quick. And just wave me down. I don't know how to time myself. You know, this, I'm new at this. I'm not a professional preacher. I'm just a professional Christian. So Proverbs 3, 5, 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lead not on your own understanding. The first part of that is just so clear. A lot of the times we confuse ourselves by even reading the Bible, but, and I know that a lot of it is metaphors and you need to have real, uh, understanding in Christ to understand this, but some of it is so clear. Let's read that again. Trust in the Lord with all your heart 
and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight. If I could draw my path up until where I found my clarity, it looked like Z's and W's and zeros and O's and ups and downs and back and forths. And once I said, hey, you know, don't take my mom, I'm here, okay, I'm serious now, I'm gonna serve. God's been telling me who I am since I was three years old. Let me tell you that much. And I know who I am. And I got lost for a little bit. But then he'll remind you at one point in your life who you are. Not for you, because remember, we got to replace ourselves with people. All these men in the Bible replace themselves with people. And God's going to, he's going to say, hey, I'm going to show you until you realize that you need to let go of yourself. And that you need to stop being the kind of person that feels like they need to be served and be the kind of person that feels like they have to serve. And there's a difference in that. A lot of people, it's like, no, I'm not going to pass out flyers out in the cold and the rain. That's too much for me. Shout out to my soldiers that were out there with me. You know who you are. You know what I mean? Like it's the small things that we're not faithful in, but we look for that mountaintop and we're like, God, give me the helicopter to get up there, but you're not gonna climb. It's for me, it's for me. <laughs> he will make your path straight. I still don't know the exact path I'm on but I know that I'm following the path I'm given. And I know that that path is gonna lead somewhere because remember, God's telling, he's been telling me since I was three years old who I am. And I don't know how I'm gonna get there, but I'm, I'm gonna keep that path, come hell or high water. And I'm not gonna let people come in here and try to confuse me based on what God has already destined about me. And they're gonna to try to tell me, you can't, you shouldn't, you won't, you're not qualified because listen, you don't need to have it all together to get involved. That's a lie of the devil that, oh, I'm not ready to serve. I don't know how to preach. I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to greet. I hate people. I don't even like people. You know, like, why would I get involved with people and I don't even like people? You know you girls say that. I hate girls. I don't rock with girls. I hang with dudes, right? We say it all the time. Stop, come on, relate. Come on, open up. And those excuses become a reality. We say it joking, but what you say out of your mouth becomes fact. There's power in what you say. We all know that, right? We'll grow up in church, show of hands. And if you didn't, it's okay. Actually, God bless you if you didn't, right? Because the church is different then than it was now, and what a time to be alive. If you don't know that, what a time to be alive. Mondo, you know what I'm talking about, brother. What a time to be alive, huh? Pastor John Gray was just speaking about that. He said, he went up to this church, and you may have heard of it. I'm not going to say the name of the church, but it's down in Miami. Man, and they're so hype and so sometimes so extra. Like somebody will say, God, you're just so God. And the whole crowd, amen, so good, yes. I mean, it's like, it's like, I mean, if I was sitting there, I'd be like, Right? God is God, that's so good. And they throw stuff in the air and all that. And Pastor John Gray goes, you know, when I grew up, just walking in the sanctuary with gum in your mouth, you get a whooping because God was holy back then. And God is still holy. We're just getting a little bit more casual, but God's becoming, he's holy like he was before, right? And understanding that will give you clarity through your confusion. So just like I didn't know that that plant was gonna die and that I had to take it out from the planter and put it into a vase, you gotta take yourself out.
wherever you are, and you got to replace it yourself with another vase, right? Because the vase you have right now doesn't let you get watered, right? Right? Come on. And what happens when you don't get water? Your roots dry. They don't stretch. You don't connect, right? So here I am for two weeks waiting for that flower to grow so I can impress Ange that I'm a, I'm a landscaper, right? I can grow trees. I'm a smart dude. But you see, the other part of confusioning is self-reasoning. It's coming up with an excuse or a calculation for everything. And we, we end up saying some really dumb things, guys. Relate with me. Connect with me for two seconds. Right. I've said dumb things. God, my wife left me. Why? Oh, oh. my husband left me. Why? I was bullied. Why? I was abused. Why? I went hungry. Why? I was cold. Why? And we say things to God as if they're like his fault. Like we're saying, God, you got to give me an explanation based on this situation. That a lot of the times we create ourselves. Right? Because confusion will keep you from owning up. I know that. I know that more than anybody. I'm telling you. There's so much I didn't own up growing up. And, and it caused so much bitterness in me, so much pride and, and just so much resentment, right? And God's up there like, at what point did you let your confusion go so far that you learned to hate me? Me? Yes, you were cold. I was there, but it was by my command that the sun came out the next day and warmed you. Yes, you were, you were, you were hungry, but you didn't starve. Yes, they abused you, but without tragedy, there's no testimony. Yes, I was there through all of it. I was there. I was there. But then, God, if you were there, why? Why did it happen? You see, and God, I don't know how God talks, right? He's never really talked to me in my ear like that because you, trust me, you don't want that because mountains shake and things fall and like people die when God's talk, when God's talk. You got to read the Bible, man. Don't be careful. Oh, God, talk to me, huh? huh. And, and, and it's like, God. If you, if, if you were there and if you knew, why, why do these things happen? And I can just imagine God saying, you see, my son, my daughter, my creation, my most precious thing, the thing I love the most. You see, because you learned to hate me, I had to let the world hurt you ever so slightly so that you can learn to let me love you ever so abundantly. You see, because without knowing what it was to be abused and cold and all of that, you would have never came to me for anything, even though I was trying to provide it all along. You saw that confusion, man, and we end up blaming God. You know, that cross we had up here, that's the second cross I have to build for Hope Center. And I made a joke with Pastor the other day. I said, man, you always give me the task of crucifying Jesus. I always got to build that cross. Like, you know, that's like very sacrilegious, man. That's like a very emotional thing. And my, my wife was with me in the garage and I'm hammering these nails into the wood and I'm like, man, can you imagine being that one dude that's like hammering Jesus into a nail, right? And we know what happened and we reflect on that and all of the things that we brought to the cross, that we brought to the foot of the cross that day that we were here, right? But we, we come up here and we say, God, I'm sorry, take it all again. Give me another start. And the minute something goes wrong, the minute your plant doesn't grow, why God? As if it were his fault. But I'm not going to do it. I'm not your pastor. I'm not going to get on you. Come on, next reflection. We got an image up here. It doesn't have a Bible script or anything. And let me describe this image to you. What you're looking at is sheep. These are sheep. 
meh, sheep, you know, <laughs> lamb, in the hundreds, maybe even thousands, right? And there's a gate. It's about 25 foot wide, about six foot tall, right? And if you don't know anything about farming, I know you know about farming, is that when you have sheep and you have cattle or whatever, you have to take them from one place to another, sometimes daily, sometimes twice a day. Because what happens is, is that these are grazing animals. You know what grazing animals are, right? They eat, they eat whatever's on the ground, like grass and little things, right? And these sheep are in this one paddock, that's what they call them. It's an area, and they're grazing. So the farmer, he's like, hey, I don't want the land to go bare. I don't want all the grass to go away, so time to move the sheep, right? And while the farmer means well, the devil doesn't. Because see, listen, if you're in an area where you're feeding from and getting nourishment from, and the devil tries to move you, that's because he knows you're right there from finding your blessing. He's, you know, you're right there from finding what you need to find. But he knows that, and he's gonna to try to confuse you to move you to another area. So that's the first description I have on this image. The second one is that, you may not notice it from here, but there's no fence. It's just a gate. And all these animals are still falling into the gate, but there's no fence. No fence. You see how neatly they are right there? How many times have you followed a confused person into the wrong place? Raise your hand again. And you see, because sometimes the farmer means well, but the devil doesn't. The devil doesn't need to kill you always. Because see, these sheep aren't for meat. They're for wool. It's for their skin so that we can make shirt and cotton. So the farmer wants to keep them alive, but the devil sometimes wants to keep you alive to keep stealing from you. So he's going to move you from one place to another, confuse you, and make you think that there's barriers that there's not. So I can't step into my life of serving God because... Things are holding me back. What? What is? What has ever held you back from the grace of God? From the things of God? From the love of God? And you see there's no fence, but they're all just confused into thinking that there is. So they have to follow this certain order. And that's a lot of things. Addiction. Religion. Bad character. Anger. Whatever. There's so many things that you follow for no reason. Because you feel like there's a barrier preventing you from breaking out. I got a bonus scripture. It's not up there, but I want to just read it real quick to you. How am I doing? Just wave at me because, you know, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, and I, well, we're really holy at my house. We only have King James, so I'm going to translate what it says on here. And I, brothers, Jesus, speaking to the people. In 1 Corinthians 1, 25. And I, brothers, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom. So I didn't come with all these swag words. And I didn't come with all these fancy words, right? To declaring onto the testimony of God. So the way he's saying is, I presented God to you in a simple way. I didn't come trying to like trick you to understand what you need, what I want you to understand. You get what I'm saying? You know, the farmer tricking these sheep. The devil tricking you. He's not. And it says, and I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of a man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. So that scripture speaks to me that the lack of preparation holds back people from serving. The lack of their idea of lack of preparation. And he's saying, God's saying, Jesus is saying, I came to you simply with nothing but simple words in myself and my testimony about God. 
And that's our job, folks. It says spread the good news. What's the good news? Jesus. And don't overcomplicate it. Not Jesus because you wear something. Not Jesus because you live somewhere or you have some kind of pockets. Just Jesus. Simple Jesus is spreading the good, the good news. And I reflect and I, talk, I have these talks with, with, with Ange and I'm just like, do you think we would know now what we'd know if we wouldn't have gone through the problems that we went through? And I, absolutely not. I'm like, we talk about this and I'm like, no. Maybe I resent some of the things that I went through being hurt by the church. Maybe you resent some of the things you went through being hurt by your situation. I don't know what it is. You don't have to tell me what it is. Because our testimonies may not match, but the grace of God does in all of us, right? So, and, and while I don't need to know what happened, because only God needs to know what happened so that he can take you to another vessel, you got to reflect, friend. You got to reflect, especially after just realizing what Christ did on the cross for us. And you reflect and you realize this is that, in order for me to find my clarity, I have to replace myself. I have to stop making me the important thing. It's always about me. You got to do it for me. I got to be up front. I got to be the one known, right? It's always about me, 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 me. There, if you read this book right here, which we agreed is self-evident, those people that always said it's something about me and only me, they had bad endings or really bad paths they walked on. But those people that said, hey, it's about people. It's about grace. It's about serving. It's about mercy. I tell you what, those were the heroes of my life. I didn't grow up with a father. These were my father figures. These are the standards that I try to live up to. So I'm not going to take up too much time today, but the ending, I want to just bring this home. Say, bring it home. I want to bring it home in, in the sense that serving is a two-part thing. It's accepting that there is more than you, than you, that there's always been more than you. It's not just about you. The second part is that once I start serving, I need to maintain my spirit of serving because what happens is, is that when you serve somebody in some way, shape or, fa or form, they depend, they begin to depend on you and rely on you and say, that person's got my back. That if something's going on, I can call on that person. If I don't know how to do something in here, I'm going to call on that dude. He knows. So if I don't have that consistency and I walk out of my path of serving, guess what? I leave a team behind with no leader. And what happens, we've all been there and work. They fire the boss, what happens? Everybody wants to be the boss. Calamity, chaos. You know what that is. And it goes beyond that. When you step out of your consistency in serving, because through serving we find clarity and we get out of the realm of confusion, is that when you stop serving certain people, they disappear. And I don't know about you, God already told me through somebody random that if I don't serve, there's a price to be paid. But that may not be your story and it doesn't have to be, that's okay. But if you think you're just gonna be here, a hearer of the word and not a doer, like it says in James, those people you stop serving, they're over your head. And I don't wanna scare you, I don't wanna scare you. What I'm trying to tell you is that there's a lot of responsibility behind this. There's a lot of pride, the good kind of pride that you have to take behind this. There's a lot, of, a lot of joy that you have to say, hey, I own this. I'm not the pastor up in here, but hey, I'm the leader of this group, right? And that group, I'm going to make sure they got what they need and, and, and whatever. And you're going to make mistakes, right? Because you see, 
confusion is a reoccurring thing. It will always happen, but you got to choose what you want to be confused about. I want to wake up and be bacon or ham. I don't want to wake up life or death. I don't want to wake up God or the devil. I don't want to wake up my wife or another. I don't want to wake up this church or another. That's not the way I want to live. I don't know about you. I don't know about you. Don't say nothing. Don't say nothing. Don't, don't say nothing. So maybe, yeah. So the thing is, you got to wake up decided. When you don't have clarity and you're in confusion, you will never be decided about anything. Never. I don't like this church. I don't like how they talk to me, so I'm going to go to the next one. Go ahead. Go down that path. Go down that path. I've been down that path. In some way, somehow, you circle around. You know how many times I've had to say sorry when I've walked away for the wrong reason? That's not a good thing. That's not an easy thing to do. It breaks you down, especially as a man and as a, as a prideful guy, right? We don't like to say sorry. We're never wrong. Psst, you, you were wrong, right? Pre-chorus. So, friend, I don't have much else for you. I just wanted to literally cut a hole in my heart and, and give my heart and present it to you so you understand why it is I do what I do. It's a bit of my story mixed in with your story. Again, our testimonies may not match, but our purpose does. Thanks so much again for tuning in. I hope that you join us the next time. If you are in the DMV area, please make sure to come out on a Sunday at 1.30 p.m. You can find more information at myhopecenter.org. And you can also stay connected to us on social media. We are at My Hope Center on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. So you can search us up, connect with us, and uh, I hope to hear from you all and see you all very soon. So until then, peace, love, and God bless.